I saw a buddy of mine at a show the other night, and we got to talking before the show started, and he was really excited about seeing this show because it was one of his favorite artists. And this buddy of mine is a huge supporter of music and live music. He owns uh, over 800 albums, you know, and this is one of his favorite artists, so he was really looking forward to seeing this show. We get to talking, and he lives quite a ways away from the venue where the show was happening. And uh, he was going to do some drinking, so he was responsible, and he called a cab. And the taxi cost him $25 each way, so he spent $50 on a taxi. He spent $25 on booze once he got there, and it cost $5 to get in. So we were kind of laughing about it. He owned all of the albums and the t-shirts and all of that stuff, so he couldn't buy anything from the artist. So his night out cost him $80.00 and only $5 went to the artist. And truth be told, it was probably 80% of that $5, and I'm sure the opening act got a little bit of that. So if you ever wondered how hard it is out there, that right there should tell you everything you need to know. Hi friends, this is Otis Gibbs and you're listening to Thanks for Giving a Damn. I'm sitting here in my living room in East Nashville on a beautiful spring day. This is a personal journal. This is a bit of an experiment. I like to say right up front that I haven't the slightest idea what I'm doing, but I decided to do it anyway. And this show was founded with the idea that there are only two people in art that matter. There's the creative individual and the person experiencing it. And everything else is an artificial filter. This is a way for me to share things with you guys without any filters whatsoever. My guest this week is John Moreland. John is a singer and a songwriter who lives in Norman, Oklahoma. You can find out everything you need to know about John at johnmoreland.net. John was nice enough to stop off on a really busy day when he was coming through Nashville. He woke up in Knoxville, drove four hours, got here, came over to my house, After he left my house, he went over and played a gig, and then after the gig, he drove another three hours to Memphis, where I guess he rested for a little bit and drove the rest of the way to Norman, Oklahoma the next day. But he stopped by, and uh, we had a nice chat in my living room, and I was really happy to find out that John actually listens to and enjoys this show. But here's John Moreland. All right, well... Yeah, I was born in Longview, Texas, and um, uh, my dad was working there. Everywhere I've lived cause, was because of my dad's job, pretty much. Uh, he worked for Sunoco, and he was uh, he's an electrical engineer. And uh, they he moved around a bunch. Him and my mom moved around a bunch before I was born. And... Uh, back you know louisiana mississippi and stuff and then they ended up in texas and that's where i was born and then when i was still a baby you know i have no memories of living in texas but um i was still a baby we moved to northern kentucky like red like across the river from cincinnati so i grew up going to reds games all the time and um it was pretty great and i just played there the other night actually and uh 
I dedicated a song to the Eric Davis action figure that I had when I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you remember your first Reds game? Yeah, um, I vaguely remember it. It was they were playing the Cardinals, and I think I was six years old. So it was probably nineteen ninety one ish, and um, I just remember we sat really far away. My dad brought binoculars. And uh, my aunt and uncle were there, and uh, the Cardinals just destroyed the Reds, and I still hate the Cardinals because of it. <laughs> <laughs> Have not forgiven them. I'm a huge Reds fan. Are you? Yeah. I, awesome. I remember where I was when Eric Davis hit his first major league home run. That rules. I had a job delivering pizzas, and I was sitting at a stop sign in Greenwood, Indiana. Were you around for when they won in 1990? Yeah, I remember going to, you know, they won the series in 1990, and then they kind of weren't so good for several years. And that was kind of when I was going to games. Like, And uh, I might have – we might have still lived there right when uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, started playing for the Reds. But I don't really remember if I saw him play or not. Yeah, Reggie Sanders um, threw me a ball once. Or I think, I don't know if he threw it to me or if he threw it to uh, my friend. We were standing next to each other. It kind of just hit us and we dropped it. And then uh, and then uh, my friend's mom made us give it to his little brother because he was five years old. And <laughs> he might have cried if we hadn't given it to him. So, you know, Joe, Joe Nuxall? Yeah. For folks listening to this, Joe Nuxall was a longtime color commentator for the Reds. And uh, he had another career when he was – he was the youngest player ever to pitch in the major leagues, yeah. but he didn't make enough money. So in the off season, he was a professional wrestler. I didn't know that. They called his uh, he wore a mask, and they called him the Hamilton Assassin. Oh, that rules! I knew he was. Uh, yeah, he was like sixteen or something, wasn't he? Like playing. Yeah, I didn't know the wrestling thing. Though. That's pretty sweet. I don't mean. I don't know if I've really thought about it. I'm. I mostly just. Uh, the biggest change was like that in where we lived in Northern Kentucky, we had, there was like so many kids my age to play with in, the, in our neighborhood. And then I moved to Oklahoma. We lived in an apartment complex and I just like didn't leave the apartment. And, um, but that was why I started playing music. Um, the other thing I remember about moving to Oklahoma is there seemed to be kind of, uh, I think with like the Native American population and everything, like there seemed to be really kind of like a pride in being from there and that like there, Kentucky didn't kind of didn't have. Then it seemed like for a long time, Oklahoma was just like, I would say it's it like Texas light or something like it's like people like we're like uh or maybe it's like New Jersey, like how New Jersey is really, you know, right there across from New York City and New York City gets all the glory. And Oklahoma was kind of like that, I think, for a long time, like kind of just like gets shit on and would just take it. And then that's sort of going away now. I think we're back to like that local pride thing that we had when that it seemed like we had anyway when I was when we moved there when I was 10 years old. There's a great history of you know music from there. Yeah. But uh, I guess as a kid, you might not know about that. No, I, and I didn't know about that stuff till pretty recently, really. Like, 
I learned about uh, well, being living in Tulsa, like I knew about Leon Russell and JJ Kale and stuff, and Bob Wills because because of Kane's Ballroom. Um, I learned about Bob Wills, and you always kind of know that like Woody Guthrie was born here, but I didn't really know much about Woody Guthrie till recently. I might maybe I still don't know much about Woody Guthrie, but I didn't know anything about Woody Guthrie till maybe a few years ago. Through the years, I've sort of learned about like Bob Childers and Jimmy Lafave and uh, the Red Dirt Rangers and stuff. I didn't really know about that stuff when I was when I was a kid. Even though, even once I started playing music, like I was, you know, I was I played in like hardcore bands and stuff, and so uh, I didn't really know about any of that stuff till fairly recently. I still, I mean, I I kind of thank God or whoever for my. Uh, hardcore scene learnings um, all the time because I still run my own mail order. I'm, I'm sh- you know, shipping out records and T-shirts and stuff all the time. And I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I learned how to do that from hardcore. You know, all my favorite labels were, were just like a dude in his basement or whatever, just, you know, mailing records out. So, yeah, I used to order records from ebullition and level plane and discord and stuff and like that was you know uh the model for you know how to how to get things done i guess that's the same way that we do things yeah where we ship everything out of this house yeah and i think people appreciate that and can relate to it yeah i kind of like doing it that way i mean the only thing that sucks is when i'm on tour that i have to put like a note on the website that like hey i'm on tour this isn't going to ship till i get back but um, so it's, you know, sucks making people wait sometimes. But really, I can't imagine like paying somebody else to do that for me at this point. It's I really am glad to be able to do it myself. As a fan, it's beautiful to know that if yeah. I buy something off of your website, the money's going right in your pocket. The money's going right in my pocket. And I packed it myself and took it to the post office myself. There might be some beard hair that accidentally got taped <laughs> underneath, you know, like that's that's mine. So uh, you're welcome, everybody. I'm shocked at how many people that I'm friends with that are musicians and play that have to deal with anxiety and yeah. panic attacks and things like that. There's a lot more people than I ever would have imagined. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, for me, like I usually just, I feel really, um, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like I like things are not okay, and I'm I'm like about to freak out, and like then usually I just like cry uncontrollably and puke. That's like <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes down. Um. And I don't have them as much as I used to. Um, and I hardly ever get them from playing shows anymore unless it's like, if it's a really big show or it's kind of weird in some way. Like I played a show at Folk Alliance a couple weeks ago and I, all my normal showcases were fine, but I played one thing where it was like this, this like Oklahoma review, like all these, all these uh, songwriters from Oklahoma that came up. And we had like an hour and a half and everybody played like one or two songs. And 
I guess just because that was like weird and I was nervous about like how it was going to go down and I didn't know when I was going to play. Like I kind of had a panic attack before that one. But um, but yeah, usually, um, usually I'm okay now. I almost had a panic attack next to Jim Lauderdale at Folk Alliance for because it was just so crowded in this room because everybody wants to see Jim Lauderdale play in a hotel room. And uh, he made some joke about snacks or something to me about, cause there was like a cooler full of beer and like potato chips or something in the bathroom. And I was just like, Oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> like it was, I watched him play a couple songs and I had to split, but, uh, and uh, I was probably, probably didn't help. But I was a little bit starstruck too, just from, I don't, I don't, every, there were a lot of Nashville people in there. I think that were, seem like, I guess the, I guess maybe you see Jim Lauderdale all the time living here, but like, I'm from Oklahoma. We don't have Jim Lauderdale sightings. We have like Garth Brooks sightings. So, which is also cool. But Man, I have no idea either. I don't know. I don't know what the story is, but I guess I can't remember who told me this, but somebody told me that she also likes Lucero and I've played with Lucero a bunch, so maybe that's I don't know. Like I get I mean if you're if you like Lucero, I guess finding my record would be would not be crazy. So I don't know. She heard me somehow, I guess, and she tweeted about you. She tweeted about it. Yeah, she she said I should be a household name or something like that. And then I tweeted that I think that was the first time that my dad has ever agreed with Rachel Maddow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was kind of cool. I haven't really toured with them for real, but I've done. I've opened for him in Oklahoma and Arkansas several times. I don't really have any stories. Um, one time Ben called me at four in the morning to tell me that I was one of his favorite songwriters, which was awesome to me, but that's not really an entertaining Lucero story. And also like he probably was drunk enough that I doubt he remembers doing it, <laughs> but it meant a lot to me. You know what? My favorite Austin Lucas story, probably not from the tour that we did, but the first time I met him, we were at, uh, I mentioned Stefan Edgerton, plays guitar for the Descendants and all. We were at his house, and Austin uh, had, Austin was touring with Drag the River and Two Cowgirls. Or no, I don't think Two Cowgirls. I think it was just Austin and Drag the River. And um, they played in Tulsa. And we were all at Stefan's house after the show. So Stefan's there and like a couple of his his buddies that play with him from Washington were in town. And um and then like Chad Price from Drag the River is also in all. John Snodgrass from Drag the River is was in Armchair Martian. Basically it's a room full of like forty year old punk rockers and me. And I was Sitting on the couch with Stefan's wife, Natalie, I made the mistake of mentioning that I've been listening to a lot of Boys to Men lately, which <laughs> which I stand by. I still listen to Boys to Men on a regular basis. Um, no shame. And uh and I was oh, and she had her laptop out, and I was like, let's 
let's get on YouTube and check out some boys to men videos. And the whole room just starts relentlessly giving me shit for being a boys to men <laughs> fan. And everybody that, well, I'm trying to find anybody to help me out. Everybody that's walking by, like Chad walks by, you like boys to men? And, you know, Snodgrass walks by. I'm like, hey, man, you like boys to men? And they're all just like, <laughs> fuck you. Get out of here. And Austin, I think Austin was outside smoking or something. He comes back in and I'm like, Austin, do you like boys to men? And he's like, hell yeah, I like boys to men. <laughs> and he starts singing into the road. And I was like, me and this guy are friends now. <laughs> You're the most punk rock one in the room, just admitting what you like. <laughs> yeah, man. I was born in 1985, and I like boys to men. Like, that's, you know, I understand, like, it's a generate. Like, when I was when when I was into boys to men, they were all, like, 18 years old, and they were too punk for boys to men. I get it. But I'm not too punk for boys to men. The worst show I've ever played was in Pittsburgh, Kansas. So my friend's band, my friend had my friend. Well, my friend who used to be my drummer had this other band that he was drumming for, and it was their first show. And they didn't. They were supposed to fill like two hours at this bar in Pittsburgh, Kansas. They didn't have enough material yet to fill the time, so they asked me to come up and open for them. Oh, and also, so the sh the, the show was after midget wrestling. The bar was this like touring, like midget wrestling thing was coming to do their thing. And then they were going to have music afterwards. And I was like, this sounds like the worst idea ever. But then I was kind of like, this voice in the back of my head was like, hey, man, where's your spirit of adventure? Like, come, <laughs> you know, like, you know, go to Kansas and hang out with your buddies at midget wrestling and so i went and did the show and uh when when it was finally time to play music you know the people who came to see midget wrestling were not like fans of of like sad folk songs and um so i played maybe four or five songs and i was in the middle of a song and they turned on outcast really loud through the PA, like while I was playing. And I think that meant I'm, I'm done now. So I stopped in the middle of a song and I was like, I'm going to go home and see you guys later. And I got in my car and drove back to Tulsa like three or four hours or whatever. And I, and I told this story on a, well, like, like there was a, they edited a lot of that out, but I, but I told this story on this radio thing and I forgot to mention till afterwards i forgot that it happened that on my way home i totally got a speeding ticket so that was <laughs> just the icing on the cake and then the other kansas story i have is i played in wichita with a band where i had I had a band at the time and this same drummer from the midget wrestling story was my drummer and <clears throat> we uh we played we played the show and there were two people at the show who I think were like probably the only two people there who knew who we were and, or, or came to see us versus just like happened to be there getting drunk or whatever. And um, they were really nice. They bought a lot of merch. They were totally awesome. And they said, 
you know, hey, we live on your way back to Oklahoma. You guys can stay at our house if you want. And um, we we had driven up in a few like a few different cars. So I rode with the bass player, and he his kid he had left his kids with a babysitter. So we were like, we got to get back to Tulsa for that. And the guitar player's wife was with him, and I don't know what they were doing. So like my drummer Steve was the only one who was like, yeah, I'll stay at your house. So. We're driving back to Tulsa, and it's been a couple hours, and I get a call from Steve he, he giving me the lowdown on what just happened. Apparently, he got to the house, and they were really nice, and um, then conversation kind of turned political. They, they were very, like, had... had well, I'll just basically what happened was they tell Steve that they're starting a militia <laughs> and they're trying to recruit Steve for the militia, more or less, is what's going on. And um so Steve calls me like, you know, man, they they tried to get me to join the militia, I had to get the fuck out of there. They said they're making their own bullets or something. <laughs> and and um and they oh, and they had uh Apparently they had all those those like precious moments figurines. They had those all over the house. So now we call them the precious moments patriots. And they <laughs> they show up sometimes like in Tulsa and they're really nice and bought a lot of merch. I don't mean to like make fun of them. I'm a little scared of them now. But um do they know you call them the precious moments? Patriots? They do they do not and they might hear this, but that's all right. Um but yeah, so that was the other thing that happened in Kansas. And I played a show, I played with Parker Millsap in Wichita a couple weeks ago, and that, that story came up since we were in Kansas. And uh, Parker said somebody should do a study on how many precious moments figurines a person owns versus how conservative their political views are, <laughs> that there might be a correlation. I think he's got something there. I think it's kind of beautiful that people with a lot of different ideas can dig yeah, the totally. same songs or whatever. Totally. But it does lead to some real strangeness when you yeah, yeah. meet each other sometimes. It does. Man, I appreciate you stopping by. and uh, Yeah, of course, man. It's beautiful to have you here in town. and uh, Thanks, man. I'm glad I'm glad you asked me. Um, I listened, so oh, excited God. to be on it. I hope it hasn't ruined your life. <laughs> Not at all. It's only enhanced it. <laughs> all right, thanks, man. I'd like to thank everybody for listening in, and I'd like to thank John for coming over and hanging out with me in my living room here in East Nashville. You can find out everything you need to know about John at johnmoreland.net. If you'd like to help support this show, just go to otisgibbs.com and you can pick up a CD, a t-shirt, you can download any record I've ever made, you can buy one of my photographic prints, you can buy one of Amy's records, you can buy one of Amy's children's books, 
But anything that you buy, we'll mail from our living room to yours, and we'll even put in a little thank you note. If you'd like to help out but you're a little short on cash, just go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Subscribe while you're there, and you'll get a brand new episode free every Wednesday. But if you enjoy this show, or you enjoy my music, or you enjoy Amy's music, please take the time to tell a friend and help us spread the word. And if you'd like to send us a message, we'd love to hear from you. Just send it to info at otisgibbs.com. I'm Otis Gibbs. Thanks for giving a damn.